Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. When you pray, say, Our Father, so everything is basically in plural, only because they ask, they ask him to teach them. Okay, so in verse 9, he said, Pray then in this way. So let's go over again the first, the, the first uh, step that I gave you last week, which it says, uh, I want you to address the Father, uh, God the Father, as your Heavenly Father. So, so you'll say, Our Father. Our Father. So that's, that's the number one. And I'm going to give you six, six little breakdowns today. And if we, will, if we will try to memorize these six breakdowns, because they're in your Bible, uh, just like I'm going over it, verse 9 is step one. Verse 9 is step one. Pray then this way, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now what he's, what he's saying here is that address the Father uh, personally, address him personally, and then what he wants you to do is, is then ask that his name be holy. Because we want to have a, a hard desire that people treat our Father's name as holy. We don't want people talking about our parents. We don't want people talking about the one we love. We don't want people using our, uh, our Lord's name in vain. So it says, Our Father who art in heaven. We're establishing that he's in heaven, even though we know the word of God is not. So even in our mouth, we know that the Holy Spirit is in us. We know that uh, uh, Jesus said, We'll come to live in you if you be obedient to us. So we know we're, we're close in proximity, but we also know that our Father is seated on the throne, and we know that Jesus is seated at his right hand of power. So we still, uh, we're telling God, we know that we have this relationship. Uh, even though you're there, it's not a distant relationship. It is a close relationship. So our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I want your name to be holy on this earth. I want your name to be holy when people uh, talk about it uh, in, in, in the news thing because people in the news now, they're getting so they they just use uh, profane words or words in a profane way, even on the news, even on, in sports uh, commentation, even in um, uh, uh, people who are running for office, they'll use these, these names. And we don't want to use our Lord's name in, a, in an unholy way, do we? So we say, Our Father, Our Father, Our Father. And, you know, when you pray personally, My Father, My Father, My Father, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Thank you for all that you do, all that you are. You're sovereign, O oh Lord. We thank you for that. So we're acknowledging him for who he is. Then step two is in verse 10. Step two. Now, the first thing we're going to do, I'm going to try this out. <coughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> I was going to use this handheld so I can move it. But um, anyway, we're going to walk by faith on it. There we go. Now, Step two, one is your intimate relationship with the Father. Number two is pray 
God's agenda first. Pray God's agenda first. That's step two. See, that's, that's, he, he said, uh, disciples, you want to know how to pray? You want to know how I pray? I'll teach you how to pray uh, just like uh, John talked to the disciples. I want you to pray in this way. I want you to address the Father as your Heavenly Father because He is. He's your Heavenly Father. And then I want you to pray His agenda first. His agenda first. Do not pray your agenda first. Okay? Because, see, we do that a lot of times, don't we? Because we didn't, we didn't pay any attention to the pattern. The pattern says pray the Lord's agenda first. Pray it first. Okay, let's go and find out. What is his agenda then? I want to know what his agenda because if I'm going to pray his agenda, I might, have a, uh, might not have a lot of time. You know, it says, do you have a moment? Do you have a minute? Do you have time? What do you have to spend time with the Lord? You can say a lot of things in five minutes. You really can. Uh, but still, you've got to pray his agenda. You've got to pray his agenda. Okay, so what is his agenda? Let's look at it in Luke 12. Let's turn over there. Uh, we can look at it in Matthew, but we're looking at it in Luke 12. In Luke 12... He was telling them something. Uh, we're going to start in verse 13. Now, he's, he's talking about something that somebody said in a crowd. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brothers to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you? Then he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. Now, what he's teaching him here now, he's teaching him uh, uh, about and teaching them about the importance of what he asked. He asked about earthly possessions. That's what, that's what this man asked. Share, tell my brother, share the family's inheritance with me. And he said, wait, wait a minute. Be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possession. So he's telling us something here. He said, I don't care how many possessions you have. Life doesn't consist of your possessions. So what does it matter if your brother doesn't share the inheritance with you? Because that's not what I am concerned about. That's not my agenda. Then he told them a parable. He said, the land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, what should I do since I have no place to share and to store my crops? Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns. I will build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, so you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat and drink, and be merry. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful if all of us say, hey, when we retire, man, we done laid up for ourselves many, many, many uh, uh, things that we have, investments, every which way. We don't have to go to the grocery store and, 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 and bag groceries at 75 and 80 years old because we have saved up for ourselves. We have uh, what we call a what? 
retirement. Okay. Now, there's nothing wrong with a retirement, is it? Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. But that's not his agenda, is it? That's not his agenda. See, we are praying his agenda first. When we get to our agenda, then we say, God, hey, we need a little something later. I'm, I don't want to be in the grocery store, uh, bagging groceries, going out there, getting these little uh, uh, baskets and, and rolling them in. Man, it's cold outside, rain outside, something. I don't want to be doing that, and I don't work for, for 70 years. That, that's, that's not his agenda. That's what? Our agenda. We'll get to that a little later. Then it says that, he says, but God said to him, who said to him? You fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And now, who will own what you have prepared? So is the man, he says, so is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not, what? Rich towards God. So God's agenda is always going to be rich towards what? Him. Rich towards him. Now, how do we know? Well, well, how, how do I be rich towards you? Man, you don't need no money. Man, you can't use it. I mean, the streets in heaven pay will go. You don't need anything. Okay, so verse 22 starts telling us that. For this reason, for what reason? The reason he just gave that parable. For this reason, I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat and your body, what you will put on. For your life is more than food and your body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They have no storehouse nor barn, and yet your, your God, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one single hour to his lifespan? If then you cannot do even this little, very little thing, why do you worry about other matters? Consider the litters, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, but I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory is clothed like one of these. But, but if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more is he, will he clothe you? Oh, men of little faith. I don't want him saying that does do it. Oh, men of little faith. And do not seek what you will eat and what you would drink, and do not keep worrying. So his agenda is not what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to put on. That's not God's agenda. We're going to pray his agenda first. Well, what is it? He said, and do not see what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and what you're going to, and don't keep worrying. For all these things, the nations of the world, ungodly, unsaved, eagerly seek, but your father knows that you need these things. He does know it. Because he said also if you don't work, you don't eat. So we know he wants us to work. But seek, oh, here's the agenda, but seek his kingdom. And these things will be added to you, and another verse says, provided for you. Now, he's saying, seek the kingdom of God. What's God's agenda? The kingdom of God. When, when Jesus first came from the wilderness after the Holy Spirit uh, led him to the wilderness, and Satan had tempted him four days and four nights. And when he was, he was fasting four days and four nights, then Satan came and tempted him. Uh, when he came back, he, he, he taught, the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what he taught. That's what he taught. 
Now, in order to have a kingdom, you got to have a king, don't you? See, so the kingdom of God is at hand. And so we need to be taking the kingdom of God to people. That's what we need to be doing. That's his agenda. Then he says, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to charity. Oh, who did he tell to do that? How many, how many remember the rich, young ruler? God says, go sell all you possess, give to the poor, and then come follow me. But he didn't do it. He was sad. He went away sad because he had many possessions. And see, a lot of times, God says, look, then he tells us, he says, make yourselves money belts which do not wear out and unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near nor more destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart would be also. Where does God want our heart? In the kingdom, doesn't it? In him. So if our, our possessions are in heavenly places, we're going to be thinking of heavenly places. We can't be thinking of earth because we won't have nothing here on earth for possessions to be concerned about. So that's why we do something uh, here that probably uh, a lot of people don't understand, and it's okay if you don't understand it, but I'm here to not teach you what you already know, but teach the Word of God. And so uh, when I came uh, out of teaching and came into, uh, I guess what we call uh, pastorship, I had to teach the Word of God. And, and, and so people asked me, hey, can we have a bake sale? Can we have a chicken fry? Can we have a this, can we have a that to raise money? Well, when I was teaching at Glass, that's what, that's what Easy Glass Band did. We did. We, that's what the Girl Scouts do, don't they? Anytime you want to raise money, you sell something for a little bit more than it costs you to buy it, and then what you have gained, that then becomes what you use for yourself to go on your mission trips or go on whatever you're going to do, right? That is not the kingdom of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? You say, well, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with doing that? He says, sell, sell your possessions. Yes, he did sell, sell, sell your possessions. But what did he say do with them? Uh, you sure that's what it says? Put it back up there. It says, sell your possessions, verse 33 of chapter 12, and you have money for your camping trip. What does it say? And give to charity. It says, make yourselves money belts which will not wear out and unfailing treasure in heaven. The only way we're going to get our money in heaven is that if we give to the poor. So when we have something, like, like our last, 
what was it, December last year? In December we gave, we sold uh, what we have had baked goods for donations, right? And what do we say we're going to do with that donation? Give to the charity. We're going to give it away. We didn't say we're going to, hey, we're going to raise money for a keyboard. We're going to raise money for a soundboard. We're going to raise money to pave this driveway that every time it snows, they dig deeper and deeper and push more and more rocks to the side. That's what they do. So we'll, we'll do that. But that's not kingdom principles of finances. Now, I could do that, couldn't I? And everybody think, well, man, that's great, man. We, we do this, we do that. And, and I wouldn't have taught you a thing. God would get on my case. I might as well, he might, might as well not have put me in, in charge of teaching in this church if I'm going to teach whatever I want to teach. If I'm going to teach the world's ways. Is that right? And it's not that we don't need money to for the keyboard and the soundboard because we did, didn't we? What do we do to raise money for the first one was the soundboard? What do we do? We ask for free will donations of the people. That's all we ask for. Would you give something to the keyboard? That's all. Would you give something to the soundboard? That's all we did. And we have a soundboard. We have a keyboard because of the free will offering of the people. That's all. Now, you say, well, we could have sold a cake, because I heard you make an a awesome peach cobbler. Well, <laughs> I used to. <clears throat> I used to make, make awesome peach cobbler. But I don't anymore, because... I'm not supposed to be eating all that sugar. So therefore, I don't make any more peach cobbler. Don't make any more peach cobbler. But that's what kingdom living is like, isn't it? And there's so many kingdom things here that he says, you, you know, you have heard it said to not commit adultery. But I say to you, if you look at a woman to lust after her, you have committed adultery in your heart because God's concerned about our heart, isn't he? And that's what he's concerned about when he says that where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So I'm concerned about your heart, so I want you to put your heart with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, put your money up here, and then I know what... what things you're going to think about, you're going to think about, man, I can't wait to get to heaven because I done laid up some store for me, so I know I'm going to get there. But when we got to here, we said, man, I don't want to leave. I don't want to die. I, I haven't spent it yet. Kingdom principles. Seek first the kingdom of God. And, and Matthew said, and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you or provided for you. That's the word of God. That's a promise of God. Either he is or he isn't. Is that correct? 
Either he's going to provide for us or he's not. That's what it says. So he's saying that my agenda, don't be praying, God, give me, uh, uh, oh my goodness gracious, give me a sale on something. Black Friday, Blue Friday, Blue Thursday, Black Friday, Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, extended. Uh, uh, give, me, give me something so I can buy some things because I desperately need some clothes, you know, because my job requires me to wear nice clothes. Does God know you need nice clothes? He gave you the job, didn't he? That's something you can pray after you pray his agenda. Okay? I'm, I'm not saying don't, don't pray about clothes. It's okay. But not first. First comes his agenda. So number one was address the Father as your heavenly Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name, Lord. Then you're going to say, Father, I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done, Lord. Let your will be done. I don't want my will. Jesus said that, didn't he? In the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane, what did he say? He said, he said, God, I know you can do all things. There's nothing impossible for you. Take this cup from me. He knew it was possible for the Father to take the cup from him. He knew it was possible because all things are possible for God. But he said, nevertheless, not what? My will, but thy will be done. That's all he's doing. He's praying the prayer pattern that it's not about me, Lord. It's about you, even though I don't want to to do this thing, I know it's going to be hard, but I want to, but I don't want to. God, help me. Because I want your will to be done. Okay. Number three is verse three. Give us each day our daily bread. Now, whose agenda is that? It's our agenda, right? Now we're ready for our agenda. We already sprayed our Father. Who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Oh, God, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Let it do it, Lord. Let it do it. I want it to be on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. That's how I want it to be. Now, God, give me this day my daily bread. Well, most of us don't have to pray that, do we? Because we have something in the refrigerator. We have something in the cabinet. We have something. But see, what we're establishing is that God, my total sustenance, everything is about me, Lord, is concerning you. God is you. If I have something to eat today, it's because of you. But I'm dependent upon you for it. Because any day now, how many of you know if you're throwing up, if you have a high fever, if your stomach's hurt, I don't care how much you have in the refrigerator, you probably won't eat nothing. Because you don't feel like it. Right? If we depend upon God to give us the appetite to eat, we'll believe in God that he's going to keep giving us something to eat. And we know that that's referring back to Genesis when uh, they rained down manna from heaven. God did. And how often were they supposed to go get it? Every day. Except on 
Friday, they're supposed to get enough for Saturday. They're supposed to get enough for two days on Friday. He provided them enough for each day. God could have provided them enough for a month, couldn't he? How many of you go grocery shopping for a month? How many of you go grocery shopping for two weeks? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah I know you do. Don't know. No. No, no, I ain't like you holding it. Was that a <laughs> you know, we, we go shopping usually for two weeks, you know, because that's how often we get paid every two weeks. And so we, we do go, sh- go sh- shopping. But still, I say this prayer, God, give me this day my daily bread because I know it depends upon God. Because after those two days up, those two weeks up, if I don't get paid, I don't eat. You know what I'm saying? Do you believe that's possible? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. Number one was what? Personal relationship. Address him as God, the Father. Then the, the second thing, his agenda first. Then the third thing, your agenda. Okay, your agenda. And when you get to your agenda, you can pray for your children. You can pray for your mother, your father, your aunts, your sister, your brothers, your cousins, your, your next door neighbor. I mean, you can pray for everything that somebody asks you to pray for because people need prayer, right? And, and so we are praying our agenda, but we just don't pray it first. We pray it second. After we pray his agenda, then we pray for um, Dave Mullins. We pray for all these type of things. We pray for the person who's coughing back there. We pray for everybody, you know, because I hope you're praying for me because if, if if, if you're not praying for me, you don't want me to cough up here like I cough at home. I'm telling you. Ask Rebecca. You know, I mean, I cough, you know. Mel said, my goodness gracious, boy, you know, what's wrong with you? Huh? Coughing all in the microphone like you did last, last week. I said, I, had a, I hold this handheld, and then every time I get rid of cough, I put it back here. You know? Then the Lord said, Oh, you a little faith. I said, man, I had to get on my case. Here I am try, trying to do something nice, you know. Get out for the people. Number one, address him as the father. Two, his agenda. Three, your agenda. Verse four, ask for forgiveness for your sins. He says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful just to forgive your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So, you're going to ask for forgiveness for your sins. Sins of omission and sins of commission. If you think you have not sinned, you are deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. So we ask that, Father, forgive us our sins, our transgressions, our debts. Forgive us, Lord. As we forgive our debtors, as we forgive those who sin against us. And that's a hard one, isn't it? Because he says that, hey, if you don't, if you don't fit, that's in Mark 11, 25. He said, if you don't stand praying when you pray, forgiving others, I will not forgive you. That's a principle of prayer. That's a principle of prayer. So if you're not forgiven when you come before God of your sins, your relationship is severed right there. You have, you have broken relationships. That's why he says that confess your sins because God is faithful just to forgive your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Now we're back in fellowship with the Father 
because God, I've sinned. I've sinned. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. Now, he doesn't want you just confessing sins. He wants you to forsake the sins also. Okay. Confessing, forsaking. That's hard for all of us because sometimes people do mean things and say mean things, don't they? Yeah. We want to get back at them or, or whatever. You know, but God says, no, 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 no. I have freely forgiven you, and I want you to freely forgive other people. Otherwise, the fellowship is broken. And if the fellowship is broken, you can forget your prayers because nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. That's a principle of prayer. And sometimes, if, if you're like me, I just want to hold on to it a little while. Unforgiveness. Just a little while. Just a little while. You know, you know, because it feels good, doesn't it, sometimes? Doesn't it feel good sometimes? It feels good sometimes. You know? Because you take it personally. When somebody does something to you, you take it personally. But we shouldn't take it personally because when they did it to us, they did it to the Lord, didn't they? And so it shouldn't be about us anyway. Should it? It should be about him. But I'm telling you, that's hard for me because especially if things are not going the way you want them to go and you think somebody could have helped it to go better, come on. Come on now. Come on. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Let me give you an example. When we decide to build this building, or when we sort of try to see could we build this building, and we found out that we could, we asked everybody, and everybody except one person in the whole congregation over on uh, Park Avenue said, yes, let's build. When we're on Old Forest Road in the shopping center where Walmart is, everybody said, yes, amen, let's build. Let's do it. Let's do it. Do you know how it feels to have a mortgage this high and the people who said, yes, let's build are not here? You know how, how, how I feel? You want to do to them what Jesus did to the fig tree. Now, I'm telling you the truth now. I'm telling you the truth. But that is not kingdom. That's not kingdom. That is depending on... Pun- depending on somebody else for your provision. And God says that I am your provider. That's what he said. You look to me and only me. And when you start looking for somebody else, to somebody else, I'll take that somebody else from you, and then we're going to see who you're going to look to. Come on. We're going to walk by faith and not by sight. Because we are children of God, and he going to treat us as children and not as, you know, uh, uh, illegitimate children. He's not going to teach us. He's going he's gonna, he's gonna to discipline us. 
and children of God needs to walk by faith. All of us. And so I, I just told you, so don't go put it on Facebook now because I don't look at it anyway. But well, my daughters will tell me about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't go putting it on Facebook. Hey, the pastor said that all y'all who left the church, you know, and, and he, 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 he called down a curse on you, a doubt from the roots. Like the, <laughs> what? Don't you dare do something like that because that's not true. I said that, I said that, you know, that's the thought you would have. You know, like the disciples said, you know, when, when they went to Samaria to make place for Jesus because he was going to Jerusalem. And they said, oh, no, we're not going to receive him. And then the disciples say, hey, should we call down fire from heaven like Elijah did? And what did he say? You don't know what spirit you are. We are not of that type of spirit. We are in the blessing spirit. Kingdom principle is that when somebody curses you, you bless them. That's kingdom. That's kingdom. So that's what I'm trying to teach. I'm trying to teach kingdom. And you say, well, you know, uh, won't you teach reality? Man, reality? No. No, uh-uh. No, we live in that every day. No, we better get out of reality because reality won't get us straight in fire and brimstone. I don't want no reality. I want Jesus. Right? Number five is Still in verse 4. And lead us not into temptation. Meaning that, God, do not allow me to be led. Don't allow me to be led into temptation where I'm going to fall. Because, God, you know that I'm weak in some, some areas. I'm trying to strengthen these areas. God, don't allow Satan to have his way with me. Don't allow me to be led into temptation. Because God doesn't lead us temptation. Don't allow us to be led into temptation. See, when we are when in verse uh, 1, chapter chapter 1, verse 13 of, of James, it tells us that, that we, we're tempted when we are led away by our own lust. You see? That's when we're tempted. No. Uh, God tests us, but he tests us to bring forth purity. That's what he brings forth. Pure gold. That's what he wants. Satan tempts us so we'll fall. Don't Allow me to be led into temptation, Lord, today. And then you finish up. For thine is the kingdom. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever because we're letting him know you are the man. Your kingdom is the kingdom, not Satan's kingdom, not the world's kingdom. You are the king of kings. You're the Lord of lords. And therefore, God, I want you to know that Satan can do nothing. Nobody can do anything. We're dependent upon you for, because yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever and ever and ever. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Praise God. And next week, we're going we're to increase our faith. Mine need increasing. How about yours? We're going to increase our faith. Uh, I've already done the message. Oh, it's so good. Woo, it's so good. Because I need it. I mean, I need it. I get fired up because I know that I'm, you know, he'll say, oh, you of little faith. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear 
Oh, you great man of faith. Woo! I have seen such great faith in all of the church of the living God. Don't you want them to say that about you? No. Well, in order to do that, we've got to increase our faith. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call